Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 275. Hi. Hello there. It's been a while. It's been a while since we did a podcast. It's, uh, it's good to uh, be back. We are here for a uh, special edition uh, because it's draft night. So it is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. We're going to talk about New York sports. Uh, specifically the draft with the Jets and the Giants, which was held tonight. In, it's still going on in Dallas. Uh, first, a little bit about us. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. We take long breaks, then we come back. And then we take long breaks again. Maybe we won't take long breaks again. So we're here. Uh, we are live from Newtown, Pennsylvania, and from Comac, New York, inexplicably. Uh, we are not being joined by our freehold member of the family, Mr. PJ, Paul James Cachopo, otherwise known as Pop Culture PJ. He is off tonight. Why? Eh, because it's a weeknight and he's old. So uh, it is time for Radio Unload with Count St. Pete. It is Thursday, April the 26th at 10.13 p.m. Hi there. Time for the show. Let's bring in the co-host of the program. The program. I believe it's pronounced program. Cal. That's the guy. He is the yin to my yang, the cal to my neva. That's an old Frank Sinatra reference because we like to stay really current on Ready to Unload with Cal and St. Pete. Uh, the, uh, the sneeze guard to my salad bar. Mr. Brian Calneva Capino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, I cannot hear you. No. <laughs> And yet it says that I it says that you're on and that the mic but the microphone's not working. So I'm not sure um I'm not sure about any of it. We uh we of course are having technical difficulties because it's Blog Talk Radio and we decided to do a show tonight. So we're going to have to figure that out. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. How about now? No sir. Uh, we'll we'll try to get Cal on in a second here. We always have these problems. It's draft night in the NFL. We've been waiting for this night uh, for a long time. The Jets and the Giants picking second and third uh, for the first time. I believe the last time they did this, a guy named Lawrence Taylor was taken at the two, and Freeman McNeil was taken at the three. And you definitely you definitely may know Freeman McNeil way better than uh, Lawrence Taylor. Obviously, I mean, who's heard of Lawrence Taylor? Um, but, uh, so the Giants picking at number two, the Jets picking at number three, the Cleveland Browns, of course, on the clock at number one and number four. Um, and we're going to talk all about the draft as soon as we get Cal's, um, microphone to work because it went crazy, went bananas. And, uh, many of you know that a few years ago, uh, we did a, a great draft podcast. We did a number of live draft podcasts, uh, with the great turn on the Jets, Joe Caparoso and the gang over at Turn on the Jets. Um, We did live shows with them at Five Mile Stone. And so this would have been a great year to do a live podcast. It would have been fantastic. It would have been great to do a remote uh, this year, but we weren't able to put it together. But the Turn on the Jets guys have done an unbelievable job leading up to the draft. It has been my source of information for the draft, whether it be podcast, whether it be article, whatever you're going to get. Like I got a lot of it from... Uh, uh, from their their website. But it, it also brings up the larger point about the draft now as opposed to the draft 
even seven years ago when we were doing this show or 2011, 2012, um, when we were doing the show and Twitter was there and Twitter changed how the draft uh, was run that night. But it certainly is changed the way the you lead up to the draft and the rumors and things that are put out there on social media and the way that general managers manipulate um, social media for their own benefit. And then of course there's a million podcasts now. Uh, when we first did our first draft show, which was 2012, I think, um, you know, th- there weren't that many podcasts. Uh, there weren't that many avenues for general managers to go on and talk about, uh, you know, uh, talk about what they were going to do or, you know, it, there's just so many more avenues leading up to the draft. It's a made for TV event uh, that the NFL has uh, made for TV. It's pretty unbelievable watching it tonight uh, with my seven and my four-year-old. And they're sitting there saying, when are they going to make the, what does that mean? The pick is in, how come they haven't announced the pick? And I said, well, they're going to take time guys. It's drama. It's drama. The draft is heavy drama. And this draft, as many of you know, I'm recounting um, what uh, many of you know, was particularly fascinating because really you had four quarterbacks that could have gone in the top five or six um, that, that uh, with trades or whatever, uh, that is a rare situation. You know, Oh, there's usually two, you know, there's, there's, couple years ago there's Carson Wentz and Jared Goff right or there were four legitimate quarterbacks that could have been the first overall pick tonight Um, and you didn't know which one it was going to be it was high drama it was everything the NFL completely loves Um, and it was shocking when the the Cleveland Browns spoiler alert uh, took Baker Mayfield with the first overall pick the six foot ish uh, quarterback from Oklahoma a bit of a lightning rod um, so many positives on the football field for Baker Mayfield when it comes to um, his accuracy, um, his leadership on the field, um, you know, his ability to make uh, many of the throws that you need to make in the NFL, his ability to improvise. Um, there's also a certain amount of moxie that, you know, people feel that Baker Mayfield has. But just talking on the football field, the only knock on Baker Mayfield that you could possibly have is his height. I mean, that's it. All the prognostications, all the all the the hoopla, the analysts, everything. If you're a Jet fan, which both Cal and I are, coming into this draft, your only knock on Baker Mayfield should have been his height. Yeah, you can talk about the personality and the running from the cops and the thing and the that and okay, but his height. He's only six feet tall. He's the shortest quarterback to be taken number one overall in a hundred years or whatever. You know, no quarterbacks under six foot one have been taken in the top 10 have been successful. You know, you're talking about two guys, essentially, who have been successful in the NFL in the last 10 or 15 years that were that height. And I'm talking about wildly successful. I'm not talking about completing a couple passes. And that's Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. So Baker Mayfield under that spotlight of his height and yet a great arm, not a good arm, a great arm, a tremendously accurate on-time deliverer of the football and sort of shocking he went number one overall to the Browns it was now the rumor came out this morning that that's what was going to happen but you don't trust anything at this time you can't trust anything right now in this day and age with the draft and the GMs have a party with it I'm convinced they have a party with it I'm convinced that they are effing with each other they're sending this text message. They're going on this sports show. They're going on this podcast. They're dropping this little Scooby-Doo, you know, nugget 
here just to throw the scent off the other guys. I mean, Gettleman for the Giants is having a field day, having a party leading up to the draft. He was having a party. And it's great, and it's good fun, and it's theater, and it's, it's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, sort of, uh, you know, devious kind of planning that goes on. I mean, the, the, the tweets today from Josh Allen that drop out of nowhere, out of the sky. And there's speculation that these, uh, these sort of awful tweets that he uh, sent out when he was a kid um, uh, were dropped at this particular time, hoping he would fall by a team that maybe wanted him. Maybe the Bills had a hold of these tweets and just waited just right until tonight. They just waited right until tonight or, or this morning to drop those tweets. So a lot of uh, uh, machinations going on behind the scenes. This is big business. The NFL draft has become monstrous business. It's become a cottage industry unto itself, much like fantasy football, where certain people make their entire living on the draft. On the draft. Like, you don't even see them for the 17 weeks during the season. They make their living on the draft. And they make their living trying to figure out where guys are going to go and doing analysis. And it's everywhere. I mean, you could, you could pull up. I, I decided a couple weeks ago, getting up to the draft, I wanted to check out Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield. Because I thought that those were the two most likely guys that the Jets were going to be able to take when they moved up from the six to the three pick, which, by the way, was a fantastic trade. Um, and, I mean, inundated is not a strong enough word. It's not a strong, strong enough, enough word. word. You, know, you know, inundated is not a strong enough word. Uh, I think we have the guy here. Cal. Do you? Can you hear me? Yeah, we do. We do. Hey, great. Happy drafts. <laughs> Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino. Calvi. Hi, Brian. Yeah. So continue with what you were saying. I was, I was listening to what you were talking about before. Uh, I'm going to, um, uh, all I was saying was the draft is a cottage industry and that you can go anywhere for research now. I mean, that's you, you, like I said, I, I brought up Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen about two weeks ago. And I ingested 800 interviews, 400 uh, uh, film footage, and, and stuff. Like, I basically could work for the team in 10 minutes. You can get everything you want on these guys in, in, uh, in, in 10 seconds now. It's, it's such a cottage industry. The NFL draft exists outside almost of the NFL. The scouting, the millions and millions of dollars poured into tonight. Right. And you get there and it's it's made for TV. It's fantastic theater. It's unbelievable theater. And it was tonight. I I think this was one of the most entertaining first rounds I've ever seen since they moved this format, Cal, to the Thursday night where they do the first round on Thursday night, which is effing brilliant, by the way. This was the best one. This was fantastic. The most uncertainty ever. Right. I mean, two two minutes before the first round, the first pick was in. You still didn't know who the first pick of the draft was. Didn't know. You typically you typically know that in January. This is the first time that I can remember that you had no idea who it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I was saying before, it's always two quarterbacks. 
right? Like, when's the last time there were four legitimate quarterbacks who could have been the first-round pick? I mean, the first overall pick. I don't think ever. Yeah. I mean, and, and you could make a case for each one of them. Like, it wasn't yeah. a stretch for each one of them. I think the Browns should have taken Allen. I mean, they talked about 1983. That was the last time they, there were six quarterbacks in the round. But back in 1983, there w- it wasn't like you could take any of the six first. That's not how it went back then. Yep, that's right. The comparison to the 83 draft is fascinating because you made, that's the great point, Cal. Like, there was, there was a consensus number one. There was no doubt John, John Elway was the number one. Right. The other guys that came along, you know, uh, Todd Blackledge, Tony Eason, uh, Ken O'Brien, these guys were not going to be the first overall pick. No, Marino could have been, but he had that bad year, and there were questions about his character, and that's why he dropped to 27. Right. So imagine the 83 draft in now with Twitter oh, and everything. About it. Right? Forget about it. Yeah. Well, I, I think Marino goes number one. He might. Well, he wouldn't go number one because they thought he was going to play baseball. That's true. And you would have had that whole piece of it. That's exactly right. And Marino was smoking pot and the character issues and all that stuff. They wouldn't have cared. You know? I think it was alcohol with him. Oh, it was pot. It was pot? I, the only reason I know that, Cal, is the, the Central Catholic connections from college. Oh, yeah. The guys that went to his high school in college. Yeah, they, they would know. Yeah. No, that's, that, seriously, that's the only reason I know that. But if that were if that were today, you're right. It would be a whole different ball game. It would be. It would be a whole different ball game. So, um, uh, welcome aboard. Great to have you. I want to jump right into this. Uh, uh, we've set the scene. We may be trying to call Joe Caparoso in a little bit from Turn on the Jets. I mentioned Cal. How much of your draft did you get from Joe Cap? Like how much uh, uh, research? Probably a hundred percent. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Where I got I was it somewhere from? in the 100% area? Um, give or take, you know, nothing. It was 100%. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't get from them was when I actively sought out Mayfield or Rosen or and, like, looked at, you know, this article here or Sports Illustrated or, you know, something like that. But just on a daily basis, the ingestion was – was turn on the Jets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job. He really did. They always do. um, So uh, let's just do this. We're going to talk about Giants with the Barkley pick. Um, We uh, have to. That was a huge, huge pick. It's a huge pick. But but let's start with the Jets. Let's not play around and not pretend we're not Jet fans. Um, You and I have been uh, uh, chatting with our buddies, you know, uh, Dr. E. Ray Stat, uh, an old friend of the show, friend of the pod. Uh, maybe the original friend of the pod, and the well, uh, like first producer of the, the first producer of the program. Yeah, he gets more credit than just being a friend. He was he was the pod yeah. back in the day. He's a, he's, he's a Papa Bear. He's a Papa Bear of the pod. Can we go Papa Bear of the pod? Grandfather. Papa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> GPOD. GPOP. OG. <laughs> he is an OG. Um. So we've been we've been chatting all night. I I. Let me start here, and then we'll move to you. 
So going in, I wanted Rosen heavily, but I would have been happy with Mayfield. Well, that was that was today. Because if you go back a little bit, you were really heavy on Mayfield for for a time too, right? I was way back though. Way back. I'll go back to February with that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Before I dug in on Rosen, before I dug in on these guys, I was I was in on Mayfield because I had seen a little bit more of Mayfield. Now, cut to today at about eight thirty, and Mayfield goes one to the Browns. The Giants take Barkley. Now, we've been talking about it all day. Your number one has been Darnold. Yeah. But it's your, it was your dream number one. Yeah, it wasn't a realistic number. I didn't think there was, was any not, chance that would happen. You never thought there was going to be a chance. And, I mean, he was my number one when the Jets were at six, knowing full well he was never going to make it to six. And then they traded up to three, and that improved the chance only a little. Exactly. I, from so uh, let let's go back. I didn't even look at Darnold. I haven't watched an interview. I didn't watch any tape. I didn't do anything because I really shut it out of my mind as a possibility for two reasons. One, I thought the Browns would take him. Two, and this is very important to our conversation tonight. I thought if the Browns didn't, the Giants most certainly would and should have. Yep. Yep. So him getting to three was not even a, it's not it wasn't even a thought in my mind. I don't even I mean, know. It, I don't know this kid. I don't know him from Adam. I mean, it was thrown out there as a possibility, but it was today, such a it was such an today, outlandish. Though. No, all along, it was just, it was sort of like, it was the least probable of anything happening. Like, yeah, yeah there's, a ch- there's obviously a chance that that could happen, but it's not going to happen, you know? Right. Until today, like you said, until today, when the Baker Mayfield to the Browns noise really started. Became real, right. Right. And then, even then, to your point, he wasn't going to get past the Giants, I, I thought for sure that if there was a quarterback that the Giants were going to take... He's the only one, right? He's the only one. Right. So now, before we even move forward, let's cut back to like a year ago, before the Jets season last year. <laughs> when when I had my Suck for Sam t-shirts printed. Yeah, well, he's coming off the Rose Bowl at that point, and he's, I mean, he was he's the, the hottest thing in the world. I wanted. He was right. the only guy I wanted. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like I, 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 I don't know who he is or, or something like that. I, the prospect of him being on the Jets never occurred to me. So allow me to say this, and I think this has gotten lost a little bit in our conversations tonight with Dr. Ray and stuff. I'm ecstatic that they got him. I'm ecstatic. I am ecstatic. I'm in shock. It almost doesn't feel real that Sam Darnold was passed on by the Browns and the Giants and somehow slipped to the Jets at three. 
I, 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 I was literally in shock. I think that's a big part of my reaction. I had so geared up for it to be Rosen, especially after Mayfield went one, that like I was, I'm literally in shock. I don't know anything about. I feel woefully unprepared for him to to be the pick. I really do. It's it's crazy how you know in the last year, like you said, how this went. Because last year, Donald was obviously the consensus number one going into last football season, college, NFL, whatever, last summer, last September, let's say, okay? And at the time, he was coming off a tremendous freshman year. He was going to be the number one pick, and the Jets were in line to not win a game. Correct. So last September... Everything was lined up perfectly. The Jets are going to go in 16. Darnold's going to win the high trophy. He's going to come out. The Jets are going to get Darnold. Everything's going to be fine. Right? That was September. And then everything that happened since September, the Jets won more than they were supposed to. Darnold wasn't as good as he was supposed to be. Now, all of a sudden, the Jets are picking at six. And there are four quarterbacks in the mix. At least four. Yeah. It's just it it's it's just hard to believe how it's come full circle in nine months to me. Yeah, eight months. It really is. It's crazy. But and, like and completely full circle. It, it has. It has. They were supposed to be one in fifteen and get Darnold. That was it. That's what that's what was supposed to happen. They went five right. and eleven. And still got him. <laughs> so, so I'm ecstatic. Let me dispel the rumors that I'm not happy. I am. I will say one thing. I just want one thing on the record about Rosen. And that is, I think, as a quarterback, take all the other crap away. Because I feel like so much of what people disliked about Rosen was like his face. <laughs> like, and, and his attitude I, and his personality. I, I wanted yeah, to punch yeah. his face. That was yes. me. That was my quote. Yes. Well, Evan doesn't You don't like have to say people. Either. You don't have to say people. No, you Evan say said with me. the same thing. Evan said the same thing. There's, and you're not alone. That's everywhere. But as, as far as just being a thrower of the football – and a quarterback with great footwork and, like, can make all the throws, has a great pocket presence, slides up in the pocket, um, knows how to climb up in the pocket, can throw in the seams, had a 70% accuracy on balls over 40 yards downfield, you know, played for three years, you know, had a ton of experience at a big school, and... From from all those aspects of just being a quarterback, I think he's I think he's elite. I think he has a chance to be an elite NFL quarterback. That's not to say Darnold doesn't. But I'll be honest with you, I watched a shit ton more film of Rosen than I did Darnold because I didn't think they were going to get him. So now I gotta go back. Now I was like just watching like a jet thing, and, and I'll go and watching him make throws all over the field. I'm like, oh, never mind, I'm fine. <laughs> but 
that's all I want to say about Rosen. I think out of this whole class, I think he's the best quarterback. I think he's the most – I think he has maybe the, the medium ceiling. He does not have the ceiling of Allen. Nobody has the ceiling of Allen in this draft to me. Right. Right? But nobody has the floor. I mean, Allen's floor is the basement. Yeah. You, you, you can't get lower than his floor for bustability. Right? Mayfield has a very high ceiling. He probably might have a higher ceiling than Rosen. He might. But he also has a ton of bustability because of his height. As I said in the open, there's one thing about Baker Mayfield that I didn't like. He's six feet tall. If he was six, two and a half, I would have been so pissed off right now that the Browns took him. Right? And Darnold has a very high ceiling, but he has a he has a high floor. Rosen, I think, does not probably have the ceiling that Darnold has. He might not, but he's got the highest floor. And he's also the most ready to just step in. That's it. Yeah, he could be. He could start on day one, Rosen, probably. Well, I mean, you know, you, you have guys like Trent Dilfer the other day saying that, like, if he walks in to 15 rooms in the NFL – he could start day one. And that's a matter of his also ability to pick up an offense. So that was oh, my yeah, other no, concern with Mayfield. Right. My other concern with Mayfield was how fast does he pick up an offense? You know, Josh Rosen's been playing in a pro offense for three years with ex-NFL coaches. I think, I think Baker Mayfield picks up an offense quickly, though. I think the fact that he's older... And he's been around a little bit longer. Yeah. I think he's, you know, he can adapt. It's easier for him to, to sort of adapt to whatever situation he's put in because he's got a little more experience. That's, that's the knock on Darnold. He's 20. I know. That's, 20 my, years that's old. my big knock. He's a, a clean knock. prospect, Cal. He's a clean prospect. He's clean, but he's young. But and that's all I meant by clean. Like, I was talking to you guys about clean, right? Like, the board broke so well for the Jets, it's unbelievable because they, they, they got a quarterback with a tremendous amount of upside, maybe a lot of people's consensus overall best quarterback in the draft. That's off the field, on the field, everything, right? Injury history and stuff like that. Like if you just take Rosen on the field, I, I heard 50, you know, 15 guys say he's the best quarterback in the draft. I heard them. But you take the concussion into it. You take the shoulder injury from a couple years ago. You take him saying that, you know what, if you – if, if they – he said the other day, if you had a one-and-done rule in the NFL and you asked me the question about loving football when I was 18, I, I would have a very different answer. He said, he said, I probably would have tried to give you some flowery BS answer about how, oh, I love football, I promise. He's like, but it wasn't true when I was 18. It's, he said, it's true now because I got hurt and it was taken away from me. So if you didn't have the injury concerns with him, if you didn't have those sort of, uh, you know, the outspokenness, of course, um, he, he, he's, he's probably the best physical quarterback on the field in the draft. He's six, four and a half. You know, he's, he's got a tremendous arm. But Darnold is clean from all those aspects, and he's got tremendous upside. That's why he was – to me, that's why he was the consensus – best quarterback in the draft overall. 
because you don't have the off the field stuff. You don't have the injury stuff. You have a guy who's a great leader, who's very young. He's got a tremendous arm, played a big time program, played in the Rose Bowl, played well, you know, under the spotlight and is a clean kid. No arrests, no, no F Trump hats, you know, none of that stuff. None of that stuff. He's a clean prospect. Well, the other thing about Darnold is that he had a great year as a freshman. He didn't have such a great year as a sophomore, and it didn't seem to affect his stock. How many guys have you seen that had a bad year? Like, they were, the, I'm going to, I have, this is my good year. I'm not coming out. I'll come out next year. They have a bad year. Their stock drops. And it didn't, yeah. I mean, Darnold was still rated one of the top quarterbacks in this draft, even after a bad year. Yeah. No, so, I, and, and that's a great it point. It says and a lot about other, him. It does. The other great point there, Cal, is, and, and again, I, as, as I'm even talking about it, I'm getting more and more excited. You know, I, I, almost ecstatic. Like, I can't, I can't believe we got this guy that he fell to the Jets. And that's not to say that, 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 that Mayfield or Rosen or oh, Allen's not going to be good, but any of those guys, like, I can't believe that, that it broke that way for them. You know what's amazing to me, Cal? Here's, here's, this is another one that, that we have to take into account. He's such a giant quarterback. He is. Like, oh, yeah, no. the, Rosen or Mayfield are the Jet quarterbacks. I, yeah, I, never, I never saw Rosen as the Jet quarterback, but Mayfield, you know. Mayfield totally, but if you Cal, if you had listened to some of the interviews that Rosen has done over the last couple of days, talking about wanting to be the best and I'm going to be the best, and if I have a career less than this, it's you know like arrogant, cocky, but not. It's boastful. It's nameth, but he backs it up by saying this guy you know was going to be the greatest thing ever. Where is he? I'm still here. And it was just like, that's a jet quarterback. Like that's yeah, the guy I who's like. I, Oh no! I never got that, that as a jet thing. I don't know why. The the braggadocio Kevin uh, McWalters, great, who by the way is a giant draft analyst, and had them taking Barkley on a draft website in February. So he must be happy today. He a he's ecstatic. B he's like I told you so. Yeah, well, he could do but both. But no, but Kevin Kevin makes a great point. Franchises and fan bases have personas. Yes, 100%. And Rosen and Mayfield fit into the persona for the Jets. It's boastful. I, it's arrogant. It's Namath. I agree on Mayfield and Ben for whatever reason. I just I'm not making the connection with Rosen. You you did a lot more on him, so you I defer to you on on Rosen. Mayfield, I see it 100, percent 100. percent Like if you were creating a Jet quarterback in Madden, you're creating Mayfield. Right. And the, and the crazy thing is if you had listened to Rosen over the last week and kind of ingested a lot of what I did, you'd have the same feel. Because he, yeah. he even said things like Baker and I were talking, mm-hmm. you know, about how we're misinterpreted in this. You know what I mean? Like with it, with a, it, it's cocky, but not it's confident, but not cocky. Right. It's yeah. arrogant, but not, you know, and, and it, it, Rosen, Rosen has said stuff this week, Cal. You'd be like, oh, that's a jet quarterback. You know, like if Tom Brady has six Super Bowl wins, I want seven. Let's go. Let's go. Let's have a career. You know, so he, 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 
he did that. Mayfield did way more. You're right, outwardly. But Mayfield also has the grab of the crotch and the thing and the headband and the, you know, the run around with the flag and stuff like that. Like, Rosen didn't do that kind of stuff. Rosen talked about being the best and wanting to be the best a lot. But anyway, Darnold is a giant quarterback. He's completely he a giant quarterback. Yep. That's what I meant by the comparison to Eli, by the way. Like, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. Eli's never in trouble, never says a bad thing, is a football savant, you know, is a football lifer, is a, a good, solid quarterback. He's not, the, you know, he's not the greatest quarterback that ever lived, and he's a two-time Super Bowl champion that you can win with, and he's going to play every game, and wow. We just have this guy who's, you know, just our, our shucks quarterback. I have to go into the locker room and talk to every guy because, you know, they got to like me and it's football. Let's have fun, boys. Like, he's an aw I watched that, that little video that Evan sent to us. He's like an aw shucks guy. I mean, he's got a, he's got a, he's, he's a SoCal aw shucks guy. Put Eli in Southern California. But I, but so he's that's the other shocking thing to me with this. He's a giant quarterback that the Jets somehow got. So let's talk about you now. I've talked a ton about myself, which is not unusual for our program. If you've listened to the 275 episodes, you have to be you have to be over the moon. I can't even imagine where you are right now. Can't even imagine. Like I'm, ex- I'm, I'm super excited that they got Darnold. I can't believe he fell to us. It's a huge break. I can't wait to see him. I hope he starts game one. Where are you right now? Where, where is Cal right now with this? How fast do we go out and get the 14 jersey? It was never happened. I think that's that's the. It it it. There's a. It's very rare in my sports life that I have wanted someone so badly and then gotten it. Right. The only, right now, uh, Piazza is the only other thing that I can think of. It's a good call. It's a good call. That's the only right now. It's the only other thing I can think of. I can't. I'm trying to think of other examples because I didn't really want Favre. No, certainly not. You know, especially with the whole Pennington thing. I didn't. You know, it was okay. It's great. We have Brett Favre, but eh, you know, didn't really want Favre. Yeah. Nope. Agree. You know. Um. Never saw Ryan Smith coming when the Islanders got him. <laughs> yes. That came out of nowhere. Like, I'm trying to think of things like that where it's telegraphed, right? And it's like, that's just, that's too good to be true. That's it's never, never going to happen. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, the Piazza thing came, came together so quickly too. It was like he was traded to the Marlins early in the week. And then all of a sudden it was, well, the Mets have to get him. It's like, no, of course I'm not going to get him. That's, First of all, he's Mike Piazza. He's not coming to the Mets. They have a quarterback, uh, a catcher, so they're not going to bring him in. Right. And then it was like, and then all of a sudden, it sort of, it sort of swelled. And then like the day before they got him, it was like, oh my god, they actually get Mike Piazza. And then they right. got him. And that's what happened with Darnold. But it happened in the span of 15 minutes because going into this draft, I thought sure. Baker Mayfield with the Browns was a smokescreen. I thought for sure. It was telegraphed right. too much all yep. day. 
right? Yep. It was almost Agreed. like you're playing poker. You don't know how to play poker, but you read a book that said maybe I should try to throw people off a little bit. But then you got obvious about it, and then everybody <laughs> knew you were doing it, and it didn't matter. Right. That's what it felt like all day today. Yeah. And then they go, yeah. so then when they you announced. You should bluff. You should really bluff. Try to bluff. Right. <laughs> try your hardest when they, to bluff. When they, because cause it just, it didn't compute to me that Baker Mayfield could be the number one pick in the draft. Right. Not saying, not saying he didn't deserve it. You know, he's talented no. enough. It's fine. It's, it's a good pick. I think the Browns made a good pick, but it just didn't, it didn't, I didn't think that was a real thing. And then, like we said, once the Browns took Mayfield, there's no way he's going to get past the Giants. There's no chance yeah. of it. There was no chance of it. Like, I, I know about the Bark thing. And I, I, was, I texted my friend tonight, and I said, um, you know, you've got Barkley and Beckham. It's just like Stanton and Judge now. Yes. That's what you're going to have for the Giants. That's a great call. That's a great right? call. And because of that, I was like, well, then I don't think they're going to take Barkley. I really thought they were, I really thought they were going to take um, Nelson, Quentin Nelson. I really thought I that that's I where they were going I with that. I really knew they weren't going to take a guard three. I knew they weren't. No. I, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought. Were, I thought they were going to trade out. I really thought they were going to trade out, and I thought somebody yeah. was going to trade in to take Darnold. The way – no, see – oh, well, at two, once, once – the Browns yes. didn't take him. Yes. I wasn't even I wasn't thinking straight at that point. I couldn't have put that together in my head <laughs> at two. Because we're talking like five months now or however long it's been that we knew the Jets were, were going to be, you know, going to have the sick pick, right? I thought, well, maybe they could get Darnold. They're not going to get Darnold. And then they go up to three. They're still not going to get him. There's a better chance they're still not going to get him. So right. the fact that they la- the fact that they landed the guy that I have wanted all along is 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 strange. It's good. I'm happy. I think it's the right pick. Um, it's it's just you know it's still coming together in my head. Yeah, it's 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 it, that's that's exactly how the emotions played out. But I'm so glad for you. I am. I'm I'm happy for you. I mean, I'm happy for us. We all win here. Nobody loses. <laughs> But but I this is a guy you wanted for like you watched all of last season, I think with him in the back of your mind. Oh hey, we got Joe Cat. Let's go get him. Bring him on. All right. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Here he is, the uh, owner and uh, chief editor, head editor. What are we using these days, Joe? Uh, turn on chief the editor, it's, all, it's all good. All thank you. And, uh, of course, he works for Whistle Sports as well. He is Joe Caparoso. He is an old friend of the pod. By the way, Pod Save America stole that from us. And, um, Joe, holy shit. What a night. <laughs> it was an eventful one. There's no doubt about that. So, let, uh, Cal and I have just been talking about a, a couple of key points, and, then, and we want to bring you in to really break down um, – how this basically all happened, but one of the key points we brought down was I, I, I we both agreed that we uh, used Turn on the Jets almost 100% for our draft research, so good job by you guys. But we didn't look at Darnold a lot. <laughs> like, 
because the expectation was that he was not going to be there. Like, oh, my research over the last two weeks has been Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen. And then I was in a sort of a state of shock. So how were you guys? Were they, you know, Dalvin, Connor, what was the feel there? I think it's kind of similar because, I mean, I think like most fans, we spent most of our time in the pre-draft process focusing down on Rosen and Mayfield. Obviously, you know, we, we wrote some things on Darn. We had, we had a podcast breaking it down. But I think our eternal assumption was that Rosen and Mayfield were just high, much more likely because if Cleveland wasn't going to take him at one, if he was the favorite to go at one for most of the time, the Giants certainly would take him at number two because we were hearing he was, you know, their top guy and the only quarterback they considered taking. So I think it's surprising. I don't think it's surprising took him. I think a lot of people who no. myself thought he was he was probably their top quarterback on the board. It was yes. just surprising that he ended up being available. And I think what's good and you know, I've gotten the question a decent amount of really so disappointed about Rosen and Mayfield. Yes, I have Rosen and Mayfield ranked higher, but something I've tried to stress is that not much higher. All these top three guys are very, very tightly bunched together. The difference between the three of them as being the top quarterback was pretty negligible. There was not a huge gap between any of them. So it's really hard to be overly mad about getting any of the three of them. And to also see Josh Allen go to Buffalo on top of that and Rosen not end up in New England or Miami was further icing on the cake. So Fantastic. I think you can make a, you could, yeah, you can make a, a fair argument that Darnold was the top guy in this class. You can make a fair one that Rosen and Mayfield were. But I think, you know, Darnold at 20 years old with his skill set, with his size, there's no reason to think he can't develop into – a quality starting quarterback here for a very long time. Joe, we, we all surprised that Darnold made it to be for the, uh, for the Jets to take. Do you, do you think the Jets were surprised that he made it to three? Like you said that they probably had him as number one quarterback on their board, but do you think they they had to get him right? I, I think they were surprised. I think it was probably very similar to last year with Jamal Adams where – you know, I think Jamal Adams was probably the top guy on the Jets board last year. They were shocked that he was there at number six and went up and got him. And I think Darnold was probably the top quarterback and maybe a top two or three player overall on their board. And they were just flat out shocked he was there at number three and were happy to pull the trigger on him. I, you know, I, I would imagine they went into this night thinking it was more likely they were going to end up with Baker Mayfield or, or Josh Rosen, or hopefully not Josh Allen, but. Um, I think they were probably surprised by it, but internally they're probably very, very, very happy. And hopefully they have a plan in place to properly develop him and build the supporting you know, system and cast around him. Well, let's get into that, Joe, because we one of the things one of the things you did say though that I find absolutely fantastic is, and and Cal and I have just been talking about it right before he came on is, he's such a giant quarterback. Like Mayfield and Rosen are Jets quarterbacks, and like I could not. I, I, I still am in disbelief that the Giants passed on Darnall because he's a giant quarterback. Like, he's just this clean prospect who is like a SoCal Eli. Like, he just, you know, he's a football guy, and he's just kind of a little bit SoCal aw shucks. And I, I don't know, he just, he just seems like such a giant quarterback. So for him to fall to the Jets was sort of amazing. But – what I want to get a, a very specific insight from you on is how does he fit in with Bates? Because we, and your site did an amazing job of this, breaking down how Mayfield and, of course, Rosen specifically might work with Jeremy Bates as an offensive coordinator. How do you feel that 
Darnold fits in with Bates and what Bates wants to do, um, it's going to be like a little bit of a different play. And of course we don't know what Bates is going to do. So how do you feel he fits in there? It's a good question. And I think he probably is not as natural as a fit into what the offense we're assuming the Jets are going to run. And we should remember a lot of this is assumptions. Jeremy Bates has not been an offensive coordinator since 2010. We know what systems he's worked in previously, and we're kind of assuming they're going to run something somewhat similar to what they did last year. But I think with Donald, you know, he is a guy with a skill set that I think should be translatable to most pro concepts or most concepts that we've seen discussed that Jeremy Bates are going to run. He's a guy who could get outside the pocket and throw the football, so you can you know, run play actions and boot him outside the pocket. He's very good throwing inside the numbers and over the middle of the field. And I think that is going to be a big element of what the Jets try to do, particularly if Quincy Inouye is back and healthy and back to being the player he was. So I think what the hope is with Bates is that he is not going to be a guy who tries to force a square peg into a round hole, that he is going to more build an offense around a quarterback skill set. So, you know, with Rosen, you probably have a guy who's going to sit in the pocket a little more. With Darnold, he's a guy you can get outside of the pocket. You could do more RPO with because of his ability to run the football. So hopefully adapt some of those concepts. So we're, we're all excited, obviously, to have Darnold. And we're optimistic that we finally found the quarterback of the future, Jets. But what are concerned about with Darnold? I mean, he's great. You know, he's, he's top quarterback on their board. Is there something or a couple of things that we should watch that maybe we want to make sure that he's not going to have too much of a problem with? Look, I, I think like all the other guys, you know, he is not a perfect prospect, right? There's definitely some concerning negatives with him. I think for him, it was his ability to protect the football. And I think he had a somewhat disappointing year last year. Not a bad year, but I think he was coming into so much hype after the season before. Um, and I think he turned the football over a little more than you would have liked to see. Uh, and he could get a little sloppy with his mechanics at times when the play breaks down. And that's what leads to the fumbles and the potential t- uh, interceptions. And I forget one of our podcast guests said this about uh, Darnold. He's the kind of guy who could very easily lead the NFL in interceptions as a rookie and then lead the NFL in touchdown passes by his third year. He's going to make mistakes. Gonna call. In his career. He's going to, yeah, he's going to be aggressive and make turnover and turn the ball over, but the talent is there, um, and you got to hope that at 20 years old he'll continue to polish up his mechanics, keep the ball up high in the pocket, not leading to you know further strip sacks, and when he does take off as a runner and is utilized as a runner, uh, knows how to protect himself and protect the football. I just I that's and I was just reading something Joe too about how he worked with uh, Palmer a ton on his left hand on the ball and ball security and that you know in 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 that regard and and now he kind of he said he kind of cringes a little bit every time he takes his left hand off the ball um, now even like in small drills and stuff like that so he's obviously cognizant of the idea that uh, ball you know ball safety is a huge issue for him and it's and it's something that he's going to have to work on. Can I, I and, and we just got you for another minute, and, and I really appreciate you coming on. Callan, I really appreciate it, Joe. I know it's been a crazy long night and a culmination of a, uh, a shit ton of work that you guys have done over the last three three months. But one of the things that I I had a, a brief moment, and maybe you guys can talk me down from it, 
um, of and I, I, I of Sanchez. I just had a it's, maybe it's the USC, maybe it's the young guy who was only a starter for two years, maybe it's the ball protection. It might be the ball protection. I don't know, but I just had this Sanchezian moment, um, Sanchezian moment, something something in there um, with with Darnold, like of he's so young and. You know, Rosen was a three-year starter, and Mayfield had played a ton. And you worry that, you know, I'm going to say this, and Cal is going to kick me, you know, in the nuts if he was sitting in the room. But Bart Scott made a great point about Sanchez, and that was, (laughs) believe it or not, on that terrible, terrible show. And that was Sanchez, in his because he played so little, they didn't have a chance to game plan for him in college. If he had played into his third year, they would have game-planned against him, and you would have seen a lot of his weaknesses before he got drafted. And so I'm wondering, is there a little bit of that with Darnold? Is, is, there, is there a little bit of an exposure, uh, a bias that the Jets may or, – or advantage that the Jets may have that there's, there's not a ton of tape on him? What did he play, 24 games? You know, he wasn't a three-year starter. So I, I just worry a little bit about that. Look, I think it's a reasonable concern because we recently saw a USC quarterback start and ultimately (laughs) came out here after a few years. He didn't have a ton of college action. I think at least with Darnold, he had the second year. So, you know, he got two full seasons under his belt as a starter. So I believe, you know, his body of experience at USC was ultimately a little more impressive overall than Sanchez. It certainly wasn't at the level of Rosen and Mayfield. I think – just from a complete package in terms of size and mobility and arm strength, he does check a lot more boxes than Sanchez did. Sanchez actually right. turned out to be kind of a productive runner at times at the NFL, but Darnold, when he gets moving, he, he looks like Andy Lundin in college at times when everything is clicking and coming together. I don't think Sanchez ever really had that ceiling. I think like the best version of Sanchez was probably – you know, an Alex Smith-type quarterback, a guy who was protecting right. football and more of a game manager and could pick his spots, whereas I think Darnold uh, is someone who can attack down the field more and has just more arm strength and is just a, a bigger guy who's going to be harder to put yeah. down. Um, but, again, this is going to be – there's going to be some bumps, and I hope the Jets aren't shy about letting him work through that, those bumps early in his career. Uh, because he's not really going to get any better sitting on the bench for an entire season watching Josh no. get him out there. Exactly. Let, yeah, let him learn through the mistakes and don't be offense around him and go from there. Joe, uh, uh, thank you so much for the time, buddy. We so appreciate it, and we know uh, you're, you guys are expecting. We hope everything goes great with that, really. Uh, uh, all the best to you guys and, and the burgeoning uh, turn on the Jets uh, media interest that you have going there. There's, I think, five podcasts now, maybe, or six on the network. Uh, it's uh, going to be a tremendous summer for you guys leading up to uh, to training camp with the Jets. And uh, just want to say, uh, Cal and I both really uh, are uh, super impressed with what you've been able to do over there, Joe. Keep up the great work. Tell all the boys we said hello. And, uh, again, the heaviest thing your wife lifts is a toothbrush. Absolutely. We'll love to hear that. Appreciate all the kind words. Great to be talking to you guys again. We'll talk down the road, Joe, when uh, we're all wearing 14 jerseys. Thanks, buddy. Uh, thank you. Uh, Thanks, Joe. Joe Caparoso, owner uh, and uh, chief contributor of TurnOnTheJets.com. He also works for WhistleSports.com. And um, we've known Joe now. We've come up with Joe. 
was kind of yeah you know, since he was a kid. Now he's a uh, he's got a burgeoning media empire. And and you know we're we're laughing, but you know what I I I think it's fantastic. I really like that kid. I always have, and it's kind of insulting to call him a kid. He's a guy. He's he's you know. He and uh, I've always liked him. I know uh, since the first time we talked to him, Bri, you and I both really liked him and genuinely felt that he was um, uh, a smart, talented guy. And um, so great things for Joe and great stuff. He's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's right. He's right on a lot of stuff there with Darnold. Um, and, and, and that breaks it down really, really well. And I love the idea of how he fits into the offense. And, and uh, Joe had tweeted something about um, – uh, how good Darnold is in the seams and how good he is in the, inside the numbers and how accurate he is there. And when you have a guy like Quincy Inunua, uh hopefully coming back from injury, that is a great quarterback to put with Quincy Inunua. The, the Jets have a bizarre wide receiver situation. They have like 17 receivers on the roster. They have like a ton of them. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. So, uh, but you have a lot of talent there. You, you do have a lot of talent there. You have, you have guys like if, if Quincy Inunua comes back and he's fully healthy, you have Robbie Anderson. He's not suspended. You signed Terrell Pryor. You have Javon Curse. I mean, Javon Curse. I do it all the time. Uh, Jermaine. Jermaine Curse. Um, you have Jermaine Curse, who I think is – they should be in no hurry to get rid of Jermaine Curse. No hurry. He's $5 oh. million to the cap. Who cares? He's a reliable veteran receiver on that team. And, he and the cap money doesn't game. mean anything for them. No, it's they have a irrelevant. Of the cap. Keep yeah. that guy around. Plus, he's only 27. I yeah. like Jermaine Curse a ton on that team. I mean, he's if not one in, in, in the role they're going to put him in, he's fine. He's great. Yeah. Give me, give me him in like the Jericho Cotri role, where he's a shorthanded guy who gets me 50 catches, but he has 25 first downs. You know, like that's yep. that's, and he occasionally comes over the top and blows something up on a seam route. That's Jermaine Curse to me. I, I mean, I, I just I like their wide receiver core. I get, Cal, I could get I could get involved with this football team. Now I could well, be, if, could be in. I I think I think the big thing that this gives you is hope. You know, um, I it I does. feel a lot. That's a great I feel call. a lot different. I'm gonna give you credit on the Sanchez thing because on one of my first thoughts when they made this pick, was this is the Sanchez redo, right? This is, the, right. This is like their, their chance to redo it. In other words, they, they did it once, and it didn't work, and now they're getting do-over. That's do-over, not redo. That's not, that's not a word. Do-over. It's the Sanchez <laughs> do-over. That's what I thought it was. And it, it, has, a, it has a feel to it like that, and... I find I have more hope with this team. Now, they brought Sanchez in, and they immediately went to two AFC Championship games. Um, but I still feel like there's a, they're setting themselves up better for the future this pick. I feel like Darnold is, is more of a sure thing, as sure a thing as any higher floor could be. He's a higher floor. I mean, you if, know, you so back to that, if you think back to that draft, Sanchez, uh, they traded up to the five to get him. And right. it was, it was way m- almost more about moxie and looks and persona with Rex than it was right. about what he was as a quarterback. He'd been a starter for one year. Yeah. 
one and a half, 15 games, whatever it was. Yeah. I, I mean, he had been he had taken over for Matt Leinart. He'd been a starter for one year. Right. Or maybe that's the other way around. Was Leinart after him or before him? Before. Yeah. He took over, took over for Leinart. He took over right? from Leinart, right. So you, you, I, the only reason I brought that up was the and, – and, and Bart Scott, I'm sorry, that is a good point. He said if, if Sanchez had played another year in college, a lot of his flaws would have been exposed, and he wouldn't have gone as high as he did because colleges would have had tape on him after a year, and they would have, game planned for, they would have been able to game plan for him better. And it's a good yeah, point. Yeah, look, we – we we could we could retro Sanchez all day long because I think no, they no, did no. wrong. Yeah. I did I think they did completely wrong by Sanchez and they did not build an offense that works to his. I don't his think skills. it was a bad pick. I don't think he was a bad pick. I still don't think no. it was a bad pick. No. Um, that's a good he point. You, you would have you would have seen. Games. Yeah, you would have seen his flaws a lot sooner had they. Bart's, had Bart's you seen him for was, another year. That's right. I Bart's get it. Point was. He plays another year. He probably throws a few more interceptions that second year because teams game plan against him and don't and know what he can't do. And so maybe he's not as high a pick. That was all his point. And it was a good one. Um, so let's talk about the Giants and Barkley real quick. This is fascinating to me because I so they're all in with Eli Manning, right? Like, we knew they were kind of all in with Eli Manning. Now you're saying you're completely all in with Eli Manning for, like, another three years. Or, or Cal, hear me out, they love Davis Webb. They don't, they don't like Davis Webb. They love Davis Webb. I feel like there's something with Davis Webb there. It's I don't know. Gotta, I, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, I also, I also, I feel like they love Eli. I don't think that they think that Eli is done by any there's stretch. Nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with thinking you have another two years of competent play out of Eli, but you don't expect to pick number two overall again. Right. Right. To be in a position to pass on a future franchise quarterback. Yeah, but what? But the Giants are just as likely to trade up in a future draft to get that quarterback just like they did with Eli. You know, they didn't have the number one pick that year. They traded up to one to get Eli. But where were they? Were they traded up from four? No, they were way four. No, the guy was at 10. Um, Roethlisberger, I think, they was at 10. Right? Or yeah, River? the Giants yeah. were at like four. Right, that's true. They went, to, they went to one to get him. That's right, from four. Because Eli didn't want to play for the Chargers. Right. That was the Rivers Eli thing. So yeah, so this so this was a golden opportunity for them to maybe set themselves the up create a success dead. They're looking to win again now. They want to get right back out there and try to win now. It's, it's, a not, it's weird. Not, it is, but it's I don't disagree with it necessarily. That's not that's not how the Giants do things, build for the future. I don't think like that. They came up with a terrible year. Right. One of the worst years they've ever had in their history. It really, not, it really was. Yes. I it mean, was. I, I, I hate that's to fair. be. That's uh, fair. That's a fair thing to say. But that's I hate a fair to spew hyperbole. It really was a terrible year for them, you know. Um, and Barkley, by all accounts, is sort of a generational talent. He's special. There's no doubt. I mean, I think the other thing that's that's special about him too, Cal, is the person. 
Like he's a great yes. kid. He's a community yes. active kid. He's the I'm I'm gonna say this. He's like a kind of anti OBJ. And in terms of the off the field persona and stuff like that, like he's 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 just way more he's a reserved kid. He's a way more reserved kid. It seems. It doesn't seem as he's as flashy as OBJ. And no. so maybe you're taking a run here this year and then you're going to say goodbye to OBJ and Barkley's kind of the center of your offense going forward. Yeah, and then if you're going to say goodbye to OBJ and you have the ability to train him, that's where you get the pick to get the quarterback. That's right. That's right. So maybe. Yep, that's right. It was it was fascinating. The, the it was, I just can't believe they passed on Darnold. I can't. Well, here's the thing with the here's the thing with the Giants that was so much different than the Jets, and it was only one pick, but it was so much different. The Giants could have gone in a million directions. They yeah. could have taken Nelson. They could have taken Barkley. They could have traded to pick up more picks. Right? They could have taken Chubb. Would have blinked. They had so yeah. many. They had so many different options that the Giants were more fascinating to me in this draft because they held more cards than the Jets were. The Jets oh, were taking a quarterback. Jets were taking one of four guys. Right. That's it. One of four guys. Right. The only intrigue with the Jets was which one of the four guys were they going to get. Which quarterback? Exactly. The Giants could have taken one of four guys, but they were four different positions, or they could have traded. Or they could have traded out. That's right. What do you think of my little – by the way, by the way, I do want to bring this up. Yeah. Jets are sitting there, right, and Rosen, Mayfield – I mean, uh, Rosen, Darnold, and Allen are all there at the three. And the Broncos are there at the five. And the Browns are there at the four, and the Browns have already taken a quarterback. You take a call. If you love Rosen, <laughs> you probably take a call there. The trouble is, the call would have been from the Bills. Yeah. The Bills would have wanted to come up to get Allen, and there's no way you can trade with the Bills and let them take Allen. No. And go back to 12, obviously. The only person you could talk to there is, is the Broncos, right? If the Broncos were going to take a quarterback. But the, as it turned out, they didn't want a quarterback. And he, right, but I'm just saying. I wonder yeah, if you, you didn't know that at the time. The yeah. And and the Broncos say, "Hey, we love Darnold." And you say, "Well, that's cool. Okay, we love Rosen. Throw us a second back. Throw us a second and a third. That's all you need to do." Um, at it that point, I'm just saying. I wonder. I wonder if they feel the. I wonder if they feel the call. Yeah, but, they, but the Broncos jump- didn't want a quarterback. And would somebody jump four with the Browns? Because the Browns wound up not even taking – yeah, they took uh, uh, Ward. Right, but there's three quarterbacks left. Right. And you'd be dropping down to five. Yeah, but so you still need... So you'd still get one of Darnold, Rosen, or Allen. Right. <laughs> you'd still get one of them. The Broncos would have to have loved somebody. To, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. But it's interesting to me that if you feel the call from the Broncos there, and if you're the Jets, you traded up to the three to make sure you got one of four quarterbacks, right? Right. And then all Let's of a sudden, go. you're sitting at the three, and three of them are still available. Let's go back in time though, when they made that trade. Wait, 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 about wait. it. Huey Lewis, please. Yeah. Oh well. Gotta get back in time. I, okay, I didn't, now we're back. I, uh, may his voice rest in peace, I guess, is the best way to put yes. it. Yes, wow. Yeah, that was crazy when that came out. Too soon. Huey That's Lewis. That's right. Oh, no, I mean, Huey Lewis is alive. His voice is doing great. Yeah, his voice is gone. Now he lost his voice. He can't sing anymore. It's over. Uh, yeah. We will never hear uh, uh, the power of love again. Well, we'll hear it. It's not from him. <laughs> Live. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> right. Give me your top. Um, give me your but, top two Huey Lewis and the news songs. Top, top two. two? Just, give, just give me two. <laughs> we don't uh, have time for five. Soul? Get out of here for real. Love her. And uh, if if this is it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It's Hard and Soul and Jacob's Ladder. Actually, Jacob's ladder, of course. Occam's wow. razor. Throwback, throwback Thursday. Occam's right. razor. Jacob's ladder. So the- I can still hear. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got. I gotta have. Uh, Power of Love's probably one. Yeah, overplayed. Wow, that's rough. I want a new drug. Is up there. It's a great song. And it's Ghostbusters too, which is great. It's both. That's true. <laughs> Hard rock and roll is good. Hard rock and roll. Ooh, wait. Let me take Power of Love off there. I was trying to think of the. Well, I mean, you can have three. It's okay. Nope, I said two. Nope. Um, so going back in time to the when they made the trade, do you think that they made this trade for a specific quarterback? Do you think that they made this trade looking to get? You, well, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase it differently because this is more interesting. This theory is more interesting. Do you really think they wanted Josh Allen at any point? Because that was a there was a lot of talk that they wanted Allen. Yes, I I don't know if that was legitimate though. Because then it got really quiet. Right? right, too quiet. When he when they made that trade. When they made, when they got that pick on it was a Saturday morning I'll never forget it they got that yep. pick on a Saturday morning um, everything you heard in the days after was Josh Allen yes McCagnan loves Allen the he trade made this trade for Josh Allen that's right yeah and it was crazy how much talk there was about it and then just as crazy you never heard his name mentioned with the Jets again but yeah, it was nope. But because that's how it started, there was always that specter of Allen looming over this pick. We hadn't heard anything about, his, about him. Nothing connected to Allen in, in weeks. But because yep. we heard so much about it in the beginning, we were definitely afraid that that was going to be the pick tonight. Yep. Terrified. Afraid not a strong enough word. <laughs> and, it had, and there was no logical reason really to be afraid of that. Here's a great thing. 
Bills fans are ecstatic. Are they? That's the guy they wanted. Wow. Perfect cold weather. Quarterback, big guy. Ben, they got their Ben Roethlisberger. Let me ask you another question. How are They're Giant ecstatic. fans reacting? How are Giant fans they reacting? Love it. They do. They're not disappointed that they didn't take a quarterback. No. Really? Giant fans hate Eli Manning. This was their chance. No? And look how they reacted when they replaced them last year. That didn't go well. Um, So maybe it's not the fans. Maybe it's the media that doesn't like Eli. I don't... I feel like... A lot, Eli's, I've heard a lot. Eli's just weird. He's he's just weird. He's polarizing. It's just weird. I just feel like I've heard a lot of this is your opportunity to set yourself up for the future, and like it was, but then, it was. But how can you kill them for taking Barkley? You can't. You can't. It's it's so. This is crazy to me. This whole thing is crazy. Here's what thing. I heard from Giant fans. They're okay with Barkley, but they would have preferred to trade out. They would have preferred to trade out. Preferred to, tra- but they're okay with they're, they're okay with taking Barkley, but it would have been great if they could trade out. That's weird. And get more picks. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, the Jets got Sam Darnold. This is a real thing. This is a real thing that's happening. How how did the Browns pass on Bradley Chubb at four. Interesting, right? I think they that felt strange. that with Miles Garrett, it's a little maybe perhaps redundant, and they do need a corner. Yes. Yeah. For that defense, I I I don't think the pick they made was terrible. No, it's not terrible. It was surprising. But you think about unleashing unleashing Chubb and Jarrett at the same time and, and just having them be maniacs would be great. But, but the, the corner that guy is a good player. He's really good, but you know, point. Chubb and Nelson are still on the board at that point. Could the Browns have traded back and still gotten Ward? That's right. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the player is available there. Right. That's the only thing because he is good. That's but fair. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe the Broncos would have taken Ward. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get past the Broncos. But I. I but I, that's a fair point, though. Maybe you could have traded down to the eight and gotten him, and somebody could have traded up for, you know, Nelson or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I think Nelson was was. I mean, Nelson and the Colts. The Colts really did themselves a great job with this draft, with the trade with did the a Jets. Good job. And getting Nelson and then all the other picks, uh, this trade initially, you won't know for years until you see how Darnell turns out, but initially both sides won this trade, I thought. Off the bat, they both win. Yeah. They both got what they needed. Right. Because at some point you have to protect Andrew Luck. (laughs) I love that they've started six years later. Good job, everybody. This, this seems like a good time to start. Yeah, like right? they've wasted five years of this guy's career. His right? career is over. It could be. I don't know. It's a shame. Well, we got the new uh, Andrew Luck, according to Mike Francesa. So. Dude, yeah, I darn, can't wait he... for Tuesday for so many reasons. What is he going to do? <laughs> you think Donald's going to wear 
Is he going to wear 14, you think? He's got to, right? I think he wears 14, probably. He has to. There's no, But there's no stink on 14 right now? There's a little stink on 14. I don't love it. It's a classic Jet quarterback number, though. Well, Todd. Neil right? O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. And then Fitzpatrick, right? And then Fitzpatrick. I wonder who else has worn it. I got to look that up. I like it. That up. I like it. I, listen, I, think... I loved 14 as a kid. I've always loved it. Well, yeah, that was Richard Todd. It was Richard Todd. I. Uh, we could change that, though. We could change that. Glenn Foley? Glenn Foley. No, Glenn Foley was four. Oh, he wasn't 14? He was four. Oh, okay. All time numbers. Let's see. Boop, boop, boop. Let's punch One, this three, up. Three, boop, 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 boop. Boop. Why is this so hard to find? 14. Jets, 14. Jets, Why number 14. Why is it so hard to find? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, uh, Shut up. All right. Jets, number 14. Here we go. Beep, beep, beep. Boop, 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 boop. Speaking of, he's coming back on Tuesday. I know. That's crazy. Did you did we ever think he would come back? Troy Taylor wore 14. Todd. O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Why can't I find it? You know, the Met one is fantastic. Like, you look at Mets and... Yeah, Mets by the numbers. Mets by the numbers. Very, it's very easy tremendous. to figure that I out. I cannot find a Jets by the numbers. That's okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll do some research, well, and when we do our show now. in July, we'll find That's it. That's right. What? <laughs> when we do the, our next episode in July? For training camp. We'll be back for training camp. <laughs> we should wrap it up. It's been an hour and a half, right? Yeah, this good. This was a good uh, emergency podcast. Emergency podcast. We've only done one other emergency podcast, Cal. When was it? Do you remember the date? That was, I remember the date. The date was June second, two thousand twelve. Correct. Saturday, and June second. It was a Saturday morning. History had just yep. been completed before, and it warranted an emergency Saturday morning podcast. Correct. We are talking about Johan Santana's first ever no-hitter for the New York Metropolitans. We did an emergency podcast in the morning, yeah. June 2nd, 2012. And he pitched in five more games the rest of his life. That's right. <laughs> and it ruined his life. Is that too strong? <laughs> Not his career. His life. His life. That's right. Right. But... If you asked him, if you gave him truth serum, if you put a gun to his head, he would tell you that it was worth it. He would do it again. Yes. I love how he's become the cautionary no-hitter tale, by the way. Oh, right. Like Tyson Ross the other night going for the no-hitter with the Padres. And I'm watching MLB Network, and all they are talking about is Johan Santana. I know. And Amsinger saying, if you put a gun to his head, if you asked Johan right now, he would say, there's a, there's a strike. He would say, 
I'd do it, bro. It's a good I'd answer. I'd do it again. That's pretty good answering, right? Yeah. I've been working on it. That's good. If you give him a lie detector test, <laughs> you inject him with truth serum, or if you we put a gun to his head. Uh, all our old, uh, our, our yeah. old idioms. Somehow, sports media believes that that's the length you would go to with a professional athlete to get the truth. <laughs> Seems that's extreme. It. That's that's where you go. It's yep. Little, it's a little much, but. I get it. It seems strong. A gun? The gun to his head is really upsetting. We just, I think we kind of know if he wanted to be taken out of a game. I don't think we need to put a hit on his life. (laughs) Put a hit out on him. Um, Before we wrap up, uh, Lou Lamorello. Lou Lamarillo, uh, the architect of the Devils' three Stanley Cup championship teams. Correct. He is also the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not for much longer. Oh? What, right. what do you know? Apparently, the New York Islanders. Are considering Lou Lamarillo. Lou Lamarillo. Correct. That's right. Not his you son Chris. You didn't see the story tonight. No. No, I don't right. pay attention to that. It's baseball season. All right, sir. There Very is such well a blip on my. There's such a blip in my life right now that I have no idea what's going on. So tell me, please. No, I know I, Lou I'm Lamarillo. Nope. You're not going to tell nope. me. You're not even going to. You're not even going to break the news. You get nothing. Come no. on. I'll read this to you. Verbatim. Arthur Staple. Mentioned in Thirty One Thoughts and by Real Kuiper today on radio. Lou Lamarillo and the Isles. Nothing's been decided in Toronto yet, and Lou does have his son. And Chris Terreri in the Islanders organization. He and Snow are tight. It makes sense, but logic always isn't always the best guide. Because it was mentioned today on Thirty One Thoughts. Wait With a Malkin and Ledecky. Shh, still going. Go on. <laughs> With Malkin and Ledecky evaluation timeline going pretty deep into the offseason. If there is a move to be made, Lamorello makes sense because of his ties to people already in the Islanders organization and to Snow, who would seemingly move upstairs. This is something to watch for sure. Followed by... Was that too strong? No, not enough, actually. A Newsday article talking about connections to Lou Lamarillo with the New York Islanders. Something to keep an eye on. Now, it's never going to happen. (laughs) But it's fun. You know what else was never going to happen, Steve? Sam Darnold to the Jets. (laughs) That's where we should leave it. (laughs) 
Cal has not only dropped the mic, he then kicked it. I set it on fire. In his basement. He drop kicked it through uprights. Why, by the way, why do you have uprights there? I have cathedral ceilings in my basement. So it's very inconvenient. It works well. Yeah. I did not know that you were working on. <laughs> yeah. That I, I did not see that coming. The flags are really blowing in there, by the way, too. It's going to be tough. Yeah, well, to it is like windy. 25 yeah, yards. It's <laughs> blowing from the east. East, yeah. Did you throw the grass up real quick before you kicked? Hey, the Jets my finger signed, it up. They signed. That's right. They signed Cairo Santos. Oh, the kicker. That's the kicker right now. The kicker, Cairo Santos, not the other Cairo Santos. No, 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 not the actor. The salsa dancer. No. The salsa. <laughs> the kicker. I am. I am Cairo Santos. I have Does come he... to. Dance Does he kick? With you. <laughs> I've turned him into Ricardo Montalban, so that's fine. Please please tell me he kicks with a black Zorro mask on. <laughs> Just under his helmet. And he does like an S. Like, he, like <laughs> the sword. Like a sword S after he makes a field goal. The legend of Carlos Santos. The legend of Carlos Santos. Do you remember <laughs> watching... So now I've completely made him Ricardo Montalban, and I want him to talk to like his holder as if he's on Fantasy Island. And his holder is that tall, like Herbie's right, says. Hold, he's not is. kneeling to hold the ball. That's actually how tall he is. Like that, right? You you see that too? She has come to Fantasy Island to. I used to, I used to, I had a bit about Fantasy Island in my stand-up a hundred years ago, because it was relevant then, a hundred years ago. Totally not relevant in 2018. When it was on the air. Yeah, exactly. I was doing stand-up when I was six. You and Pat Cooper. <laughs> Me. And Pat. I was, I was, oh, I was middling for Pat Cooper in Schenectady. You see tattoo. She has come to Fantasy Island to let me put my hands all over her gorgeous. Uh, no, no, boss. And it was like <laughs> tattoo would stop him from being wildly inappropriate. <laughs> Can't say that, boss. You see tattoo. Oh. Yes, that's Cairo Santos. That's our kicker. That's the new kicker, right? I thought Chandler was good last year. He was fine. Did he go somewhere else? He did go somewhere else. Why do you call him Chandler? Do you know him? Instead of Canizero? <laughs> it occurred to me after the fact that I'm on a first-name <laughs> basis with the Jets kicker. <laughs> I've never met him. I thought maybe you knew him. <laughs> Chandler. <laughs> Chandler Canizero. Okay. Right. He's my hey, boy, listen. Chandler. Hey, does Could Sam Darnold be a better kicker? <laughs> you want to feel old, by the way? No, not particularly. My birthday's next week. No, I don't. Yeah, mom, I'm gonna make you feel old. My All right, my twelve year old daughter is binge watching Friends right now. I remember when Sam 10. did. Yeah, I remember yeah. when Sam did. 
Probably about the around that age. That's so weird to me. Like yeah. we we were sort of like their age when it was on the air, right? The friends. Yes. Um, it's so weird that like a twelve year old would watch that show. Yeah, no, Sam, probably twelve, thirteen, started watching Friends. Weird. It feels advanced. It does. And yet, like I don't. Yeah, but we watched like Beverly Hills Cop in the theater when we were like eleven. And so, moonlighting. And moonlighting. Some walk by night. Some. I, my soft spot for moonlighting is showing. By the way, the Ravens traded up to 32 to take Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. Great job by them. That's great a great pick. Job. Great job. So Mason and Rudolph so did not go in the first round, right? I don't know. I got to look. look. I don't think so. Tony Michelle went in the first round. Right. Which was surprising. Mm-hmm. Do you know where he went? No. Seahawks. No, try again. Patriots? Yeah. No, of course. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> we were having such a nice night. <laughs> well, there were, I mean, there was, a, there was a moment in there where I was really afraid that the Patriots were going to go take Rosen. And make we're going to trade up for Rosen. Well, I said that. That was my first thought. My first yeah. thought was either Miami or New England's going to get him, and it's probably going to be New England. Because I had heard something Calvin. earlier today on the – I had heard something today on the NFL Network that the Patriots really like Rosen. And I had never made that connection before until I heard yeah. it today. And I was like, uh-oh, that makes too much sense. Did you go, uh-oh? I did a, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. The what Patriots took Sony Michelle. We have Terrell Edmonds to the Steelers. Rashad Penny, running back out of – that was the uh, the Seahawks one. Okay. Rashad Penny. That's right. That's a, that's a reach. Oof. That's awfully high. When what was the last time first, first round? Two centers went back to back. Frank Ragnow and Billy Price for the Lions and the Bengals. Two centers go back to back. Never thought I'd live to see the day. Never thought I'd live to see the day. Two centers go back to back. Belly to belly. Belly to belly. Oh God, I hate them. They're so hateable. Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, that's nice. The crazy, the crazy pick was um, Marcus Davenport. The Saints traded all the way up to fourteen, and everybody was sure they were trading up to fourteen to take Lamar Jackson. Right, Marcus Davenport. That was Marcus nuts. Davenport. That is a big trade. Yeah, Vita Va is 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 one of my favorite names. That's fantastic. Vita <laughs> V. <laughs> so great. Vis-a-vis? Vis-a-vis. Come on. Can we call him vis-a-vis going forward? I think we have to. Dude, Baker Mayfield went one overall. Let's just say that again. It's just, it, it's such a fitting way to sort of like stamp this first round of this whole yeah. draft. Did he have the, uh, the post-it note in his pocket, <laughs> John Dorsey, the whole day? Baker Mayfield, no matter what. No matter what. Man. That is 
That is, uh, it's unreal. Hey, uh, Cal, Sam Darnold is a Jet. Yeah, it's weird. I'm looking at the graphic of his name with the Jet logo next to it, and it still just yeah, doesn't look right. It's just bizarre. It's just so like, he fantastic. Put the, he put the Jet hat on. He was wearing a Jet hat. Jet this hat. Kid. Yep. I, it's strange. I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I think I think you will more on board with this as you move forward. There's there's no possible way I could be more on board with it. I'm I'm 100% on board with it. I tune in tomorrow night at nine o'clock and tell you how much more on board he will be with it. <laughs> you, I'm in. I'm a hundred percent on board. I was from the moment yeah. they made the pick. I was just shocked. That's yeah, all. but you're but as this shock wears off, you're really gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee. When I'm it. buying the boys fourteen jerseys tomorrow on on NFL.com, I'm gonna like it. Casey goes, guess we're getting fourteen jerseys. Watch did it. they watch with you? They did. They did. Yeah, they did. It was cool. Were they waiting for the, for the Eagles pick, pick or no? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Cal, final unload. This is this is the first time I've had some hope as a Jet fan in a really long time. And we've suffered through a couple of really lousy seasons. And even Todd Bowles can't ruin tonight for us. Because for a minute, I did forget that Todd Bowles was the coach of this team. Right? Until I saw, <laughs> until I saw his comments. And then I was like, oh, he's in charge. We think Sam's uh, good at football. Next question. Do you think Sam has a chance to play week one? Well, someone's going to play. That's it. Someone's going to play. Well, no, but do you think Sam has a chance? We'll look at it at the time. We'll look at it at the time. Could be Josh. Could be Teddy. Could be anybody. We have a number of good quarterbacks on the team. I know I've turned him into Morgan Freeman, and it's not fair. It's perfect, though. We have a number of good quarterbacks on the team. Maybe it's Josh. Maybe it's Teddy. Could be Sam. (laughs) And my final unload is uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the Mets and the Islanders and the Yankees and all sorts of stuff. We'll be back next week, I say. I said good day. Cal, it was a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. I will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>